This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Your Money, SiriusXM, Channel 132, Business Radio, that's powered by the Wharton School. I'm Ken Smith, a professor here in Philadelphia, and we're still taping these segments by Zoom until it's safe to return to the studio. In the meantime, you can go to my website, kentonmoney.com. Um, so after our initial slowdown last spring due to a pandemic, uh, rents for single-family units in many areas of the country have bounced back. Even in some cases, exceeded levels for 2019 with some notable exceptions. So you know, what does this data tell us about the outlook for the economy this year? I'm happy to welcome back to the show uh, Frank Notaft, who is the chief economist for CoreLogic. He's going to be talking to us about the firm's single-family rent index. CoreLogic is lead provider of property data and solutions. Uh, Frank, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ken. So uh, you guys uh, recently released uh, the single family rental index for December, and it also analyzes a lot of data from 2020. Just why don't you give me the highlights? Sure. What we saw was that single family rents are up. Uh, In fact, they're rising at the fastest rate in more than five years. They were up 3.8% in our national index in December over the prior year. Uh, We saw a rent growth in most markets, not everyone, but in most markets. And uh, we found that rent was actually rising more quickly on single-family detached than on single-family attached over the last year. Mm. And what we think is driving that detach is that people moving out of the city into the country and there's no supply uh, because people are building homes like they used to. What do you think is going on there? I do think it's an artifact of the pandemic. It's actually really interesting, the differences that we see now in the rental market, especially if we contrast single family rental with high rise apartment rental. Um, The apartment rental market is definitely feeling a soft patch right now. Vacancy rates are up in multifamily rental over the last year, but vacancy rates are down on single-family rental over the past year. And likewise, that's reflected now in rent growth. We're seeing single-family rents growing more quickly than a year ago, whereas multifamily rents are falling in the national data. Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly, um, it's, you know, interesting. I I mean, one explanation is, hey, we just want to get away from each other and get get into our own homes and so forth. Uh, That could be certainly part of it. But uh, no, it's it's very fascinating. So the the index highlights, you know, rent changes in 20 metro areas. I mean, where are we seeing kind of the biggest growth? Where are we seeing the biggest declines? You know, or is it coastal cities versus non-coastal? What's happening? We're seeing some of the biggest gains in those markets where a lot of the people are moving to over the last year. So when I look at the latest census data, the uh, three states that are having the biggest population gains over the last year are Texas, Florida, and Arizona. And for me, it's not surprising then to see stronger rent growth 
in some of those markets. So for example, top in the charts is Phoenix. Phoenix, we're seeing double digit rent growth on single family rental homes. Um, also, uh, Tucson is, is experiencing really a strong and rapid uh, rent growth as well. Where we're seeing some softness in rent is really interesting. It's in some of the um, higher cost markets and in markets that um, um, you know maybe have a, have a lot of college students who um, are, right. are now studying online and don't need to actually be close to campus. So for example, in Boston, we have found rents on single family rental actually decline over the past year. And uh, just, um, just to give you a heads up, um, a lot of the single family rental that we measure in Boston are actually uh, attached properties. They're condominiums and single family attached. Um, and I think that reflects some of that um, uh, movement among the tenant population out of uh, densely populated, densely packed uh, neighborhoods and moving further out where they can um, uh, live in a place that's got less density, less population density, and also a little more space, especially if they need to have an office from home or a classroom from home. Yeah, no, I think it's really fascinating that uh, having lived in the Boston or Cambridge, Massachusetts area for five years, I certainly could see the desire to kind of get, get away, get out of that chaos and into kind of more relaxed environment, especially if you can do more stuff with the internet uh, uh, these days. So talk a little bit about, you kind of gave some hint here, like a place like New York City high rises. I mean, you would think, you know, intuition would be, hey, those things are declining. People want to, you know, kind of, it was booming before and people want to kind of get out of those things. The elevators are, you know, a virus trap and, and so forth, not well ventilated. Uh, what's going on in, in like the really dense places like New York? Well, and we're seeing a lot of weakness in uh, the rental markets in, um, in New York City. Uh, property managers uh, find that they have to offer uh, concessions, uh, rent concessions, such as, you know, two months, three months uh, free rent in order to either wow. attract or keep uh, tenants because they've seen the vacancy rates rise and they're not used to that in uh, Manhattan. Um, you know, so um, that's what they've had to, to, to turn to. The, um, it's interesting when you look at the data on a year-over-year -year basis uh, and the differences between single-family and multifamily. Usually, within the rental market, single-family rental and multifamily rental they tend to move together. They're pretty correlated in terms yeah. of vacancy and vacancy and rent growth. Not last year, the vacancy rate on single-family yeah. rental is down seven tenths of a percentage point nationwide over the last year. On multifamily high-rise rental, it's up seven-tenths of a percentage point. And again, these are national figures. And so some markets, some local markets, have been impacted uh, uh, even more uh, sharply in terms of changes in uh, occupancy. Yeah, yeah. So this is really dense, uh, you know. Uh, markets in New York and so forth. So let's talk about that you know, housing recovery in 2021. And we've seen statistics in the news, hey, we expect double digit, you know, uh, price increases in housing prices and things like that. I mean, what's, you guys obviously have a lot more data. I mean, what do you expect to happen in 2021 in terms of housing recovery, given 
you know, I'm not sure if you guys think there's still supply constraints with people not building as much, uh, or the, the demand softness, is the demand increasing for these single uh, uh, detached properties. So what do you, what do you think is going to happen this year? And Kent, you're absolutely right. Home prices are just cooking. <laughs> They're cooking across the country. Yeah. Our latest CoreLogic home price index for the month of December recorded prices up 9.2% over the prior 12 months. Now, that's not uniform wow. across the country, but uh, prices generally are cooking really good. Uh, and I, I think one, there are a couple of really important reasons. And you know, as an economist, I always go back to demand and supply. So one important reason sure. for the, uh, a rise in, uh, in price of growth is the fact that with mortgage rates at a record low, that has provided an opportunity, especially for millennials and Gen Xers, to come into the market. Mm -hmm. For millennials, they see an opportunity provided by record low mortgage rates to transition into first-time home ownership. And for Gen Xers who may already have owned a home, they see it as an opportunity to trade up, especially since they're now they're looking for more space because they're having their office from home. And if they got kids, they may have a classroom at home and they need that additional yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, so that's one reason. The second reason that price growth has accelerated is the supply side. Uh, and what's happened with the pandemic is that it's actually reduced the uh, mobility or, or the decision to move by older homeowners. So the uh, mm. largest part of the uh, owner-occupant homeowner space are baby boomers. They represent the largest chunk of owner-occupant homeowners. And uh, for baby boomers, since they're a bit older, they're in a, an age group that's more at risk to the uh, complications uh, from right. the virus. And so many of them have some flexibility on when they time their sale. So if there was no pandemic, they probably would have sold last year. But in the midst of a yeah. pandemic, especially if they're at risk, they're not going to sell. And so they just made a postpone listing their home. So we've got a shortage of inventory on the market, coupled with a record level of demand driven by record low mortgage rates. And that's what's pushed the prices. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. I didn't even think about the uh, uh, older owners. Yeah, they often are, you know, once they hit retirement, move south or some some low-cost tax state, or you, you pointed out, some of those those low-tax states like Florida and Texas are booming themselves. But, um, you know, right now, let's face it, that whole move, that could be quite complicated, a lot of exposure. If your own home, you, you kind of – know the risk factors, how to hunker down and stay safe for a while. So that makes total sense. That's, that's really interesting. So finally, then let's talk about refinancing. I mean, <laughs> it's a bit, it, 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 we keep on saying now's a great time to refinance and the rates go down even more. Uh, you know, it, it, what do you think? Uh, is, uh, we bottom out in rates. Uh, is it still a great time to refinance? Your thoughts? Well, all of the above. I think we have bottomed out with the rate cycle. It's hard for me to imagine how mortgage rates can go lower than they are. <laughs> average rate for right. a year fixed rate mortgage is 2.7%. And the average for a 15-year fixed rate, which is, again, very a very popular product with people who are refinancing, the average rate is 2.2%, average nationwide. Yeah. So these are just 
unbelievably low rates. Um, and, and that's, of course, what's driven the refi boom. But it's hard to imagine they're going to go any lower than where they are right now. And if anything, I think toward the second half of this year, we may see some upward pressure on rates. And I'm not expecting a spike in rates, but I do think they'll move a little bit higher. And I'll tell you why, especially if we get the $1.9 trillion stimulus package uh, enacted, and, that, if that, and if that has the intended result of really stimulating economic growth, uh, which is all good, that's all good news, it'll probably push uh, 10-year treasury yields a bit higher. And as 10-year treasury yields move higher, that'll actually push up 30-year fixed rate mortgage rates. So I'm thinking here yeah, in the second yeah. half of the year, we'll see them uh, move a little bit higher. And for the year as a whole, we may see 30-year fixed rate mortgage rates average 3%. Again, that's a great rate. That's a great rate, but it's a little yeah. bit higher than where they are right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's hard, it, it, put it this way, if rates do go down a little bit more, they're not going down much. And so the upside, you know, movement potential is certainly much higher than the downside. So that if they, you're absolutely right to take action now if you haven't already. All right, fantastic job. Once again, Frank, so much for coming back on the show. It's great to have you again. Hey, thanks for having me today, Kent. Yeah, and you can check out uh, more about uh, Frank's work in, uh, in, in uh, Frank uh, Notaf by going to his, their website, corelogic.com. Again, corelogic.com. And this is Ken Smothers, your money. Uh, remember, you can connect with me on, by uh, online going to my website, kentonmoney.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 